1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Ultra Hope Girls, a Dong and Rompa podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Just so you know, this episode will spoil
0: the entirety of Trigger Happy Havoc.
1: So let's dive deep into this case and just this whole game in general. And yeah, let's get into it. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline.
0: And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One, two. Welcome to the Dong and Rompa podcast.
1: Showtime. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. All right, today we're going to be talking about case six and the ending of the game. And this is the case where we discover that Junko and Ashima is behind the whole gosh dang shebang. Whoa. Yep. <laughs> I that's <guess> it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And.
2: We discovered that the body they find, I mean, they kind of established before that the body was Mukuro, but that it was Mukuro posing as Junko. And then in that very first chapter of the game, when she gets speared for stomping on Monokuma, Junko literally just rolls out her body again and pretends there's been another murder.
0: This is like a little sad, you know, like it's the last episode. Well, not the last episode, but it's the last chapter of game one. I mean, yeah, we've uh, reached
2: go through our conclusion. Yeah. So what yeah. are you, I mean, what are you guys' like initial thoughts? Like how do you feel about the end of the ending of the game? Did you like it? I mean like I love the way the game ended. I'm like I got feels, but like
0: Yeah. I mean I loved this game. Um the surprise of Junko being the mastermind was maintained for me. I just want to give a quick shout out to my friend, Ryan. He was watching as I played through the very start of the game and Junko, quote unquote, gets speared. And he literally said, he was like, ah, they always kill off a meaningless character so that they prove the rules are real. And in my brain, I was like, yep, meaningless character. He's right. Let's move on. And I never thought about it again. So uh, shout out to him for preserving the mystery of the game for me until literally like the very end. But (laughs) Yeah, games like this where you're able to be surprised are just like art, works of art.
1: I kind of like, I'm sad that I didn't get the opportunity to solve the final mystery really um, because I wonder if I would have predicted it because I don't really know. I can't say because like I didn't have the opportunity and it makes me a little sad um, because I feel like, you know, this game, unlike games that I mean, like, this isn't really a spoiler, but unlike games that come after it, like, you don't play this game because the cases are mind-blowing. Like, honestly, Case 2 is, like, pretty great, and the themes are really good, and then Case 4 is, is in my opinion, probably the most interesting out of all of them, and Case 5, deba- debatably. But Case 5 and Case 6 sort of, like, are the climax of the game. So I feel like you play this whole game for that, you know? Like, it's not a, a case-by-case thing like it is obviously that's the entire game but um <laughs> none of the cases are like so like crazy out there yeah I think that this game that's what makes this game unique it's like you you stay for the characters that you're along the ride with and this crazy like ending that is like really a great twist and really a good end to the whole thing. Carolina Marin know this actually played the
2: second Dongan Rampa game first goodbye to And then I went back and played Trigger Happy Havoc. And so because of that, at some point in, you know, no spoilers, but at some point in the second game, there is like a very brief synopsis of what happens in the first game because it's a sequel. And so I actually knew going into this game that Junko was the mastermind and that she was like the ultimate despair. When I played through chapter one of this game and Junko died in like the first Junko quotes um, when she died in like the first four seconds of the game, I was so confused. I was like, cause I didn't know about Mukuro. I didn't know the specifics of anything. And I was like, she's dead. Wait, how is she going to be the mastermind? Like what? But, um, because of that, like the, this fifth slash sixth case of trigger happy havoc is my favorite because kudos to the Rapa creators that they were still able to surprise me and give me that huge twist in that way. When I had literally already been spoiled like about the big reveal all
1: right
2: should we dive right in
1: i guess yeah maybe um just kind of starting from events wise what's going on like right off the bat we find out about you know kyoko's dad and like that whole thing um right we
0: start in that trash chute area yeah which is like right after a huge event like I feel like chapter five is just kind of this explosion of information and chaos and what's going on and then they just kind of have Makoto fall into a trash chute and that's the end you know it's like very much <laughs> anticlimactic you know or climactic I don't know <laughs> the right word is <laughs> but yeah I mean yeah that scene was really interesting because there aren't a lot of times where the kids are off camera um, and they get the chance to really feel comfortable being themselves. It actually kind of reminds me of The Bachelor, uh, the TV show, because there are these things called fantasy sweet nights where you get to be off camera with the person that you choose um, for an entire night. And people always say that that's the first night where they feel like they can really like get to know someone because they know it's not an act for a camera. And so it's just kind of interesting.
1: It's true. And so I guess I kind of wanted to, like, unpack, like, I I think it would be a good time to do so, like, what we know about Kyoko and her relationship with her dad and how that develops through this ending of the game. Um, Because I still have questions about it, personally. Like, I don't think we get all the answers. You know, like, we know that, you know, he did something and left their family, right? And then you know, apparently he cares for his daughter because her name is the password of the computer and there's a picture of her. So it makes me wonder, like, why did he really leave? And Kyoko, de- like, likely, maybe that's a mystery she was never able to solve, which is why she has so much resentment toward him, even though maybe he didn't do something that was that terrible. I don't know.
0: I think we might actually get a little hint towards what it was because he left their families career path. He did not want to be a detective. And so he betrayed the family's lineage by saying, no, I'm not going to be a detective. And so he left the family, including her, behind. And so she's kind of grown up like, well, I'm going to maintain the family lineage. I'm going to be the best detective ever. I don't understand why you couldn't. Like, why Why did you leave us? Um, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Sakura, actually. If he had stayed within the lineage um I think that Sakura's kind of motivation would match Kyoko's in continuing on with the legacy if that makes sense yeah yeah but um she says that her family fights for truth not justice and that was a really interesting phrase to me yeah are those not the same Because you could say that the truth might hurt, you know, or the truth might not be a happy thing. But even if it's not happy, that doesn't make it not just. You know what I mean?
2: I guess I took it as like, she sees it as like a detective's job is to figure out what happened. It's to uncover the truth and it's not to take sides with anyone or like to prosecute anyone or decide any kind of punishment it's literally just let's find out exactly what happened like let's find out the facts and not make any decision based on that literally just like the uncovering of the truth that's kind of the way I took it but I I mean yeah it's like truth versus justice are they Mm. different are they the same
0: yeah, I don't know. I like what you said, actually. I think that makes a lot of sense. It kind of reminds me of, um, how many references can I make in this episode? Uh, it kind of reminds me of Law & Order, the TV show, um, because half of the show is based on figuring out what happened and half of the show is based on acting on those truths. And like, yeah, so Kyoka's the first half of a Law & Order episode.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's not not her job to be the the decider of the (laughs) decider it's not her job to be like the judge or the jury it's literally her job she sees it is only just get the facts and figure out what happened
1: and I I guess in that way right like her wanting to serve justice as a result of what she's doing could bias the way that she seeks for information
2: Mm, yeah you know right I agree with that
0: I think that's actually a psych term the barnacle effect is that right, Maddie? Um, where you look for information that proves your point versus looking for the truth? Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: I've I heard it as just confirmation bias. I don't know if I've ever heard the term barnacle effect.
0: Huh? Ooh, Marin I mean, throwing like, in the quirky terms.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like that though because it makes sense because you're like you're like a barnacle you like latch on yep. to something and then you never let go. I think that's right. I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, well, <laughs>
1: they'll so be funny. like, um, actually, the Barnacle Effect is like something completely different. Like, someone like
0: thing. comment. That's funny. Um, yeah, um, let me know if I'm wrong to all of our psych listeners out there.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. um, I also like we don't make the connection either about kyoko's dad until the end and they never actually explicitly reveal it but the very first scene in this game is a scene of a man being put into a rocket ship and like being i guess executed by monokuma and then Monokuma's standing there laughing that's kyoko's dad i've and always like, wondered about that they yeah. never tell us explicitly what that is they never really clear that up but like when you think about it you're like oh, that's the only explanation for that. Like, that must be Kyoko's dad. And then you see the bones at the end, and those are the bones that she finds in the box later. Not
0: only that, but the spaceship that he goes in is in that trash chute area. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. It actually took someone telling me um, after the game finished, like, long after. I was like, who was that man? And someone was like, I can't remember who. Maybe it was Maddie, I asked. But I was like, who was that? And and they were like, oh, it's Kyoko's dad. And I was shook. I was like, whoa, wait. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that I didn't question that further when I played through. Like, I was like, ah, yes, a man executed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that the game, like, doesn't give us like doesn't spell that out for us is make it makes it all the more effective like Ropa ha- achieves the perfect balance of like withholding information and giving information in a, Agreed. some Absolutely. situations not so much but most of the time it's like a good balance you know and I think that's a good example of that it feels like an easter egg like a oh like a, if you really are looking and paying attention you'll know what's going yeah. on you know yeah
0: yeah I also had a quote from Kyoko when they're climbing up the ladder that really reminded me of the whole, like, she searches for truth kind of thing and not justice. Um, Actually, Maddie, like, kind of going off of what you said or explained that as, she says, don't lose your footing. If you slip, I won't be able to catch you. And I know she meant it really in a way of, if you fall off this ladder, I, I don't have the brute strength to lift you back on. But I think it's also a little bit symbolic of kind of just warning him that like, hey, if you go off on like a direction that I can't follow, I'm not going to be there for you. Like it was kind of, I don't know, in a really touching moment between the two of them, an interesting thing to say.
1: So I think in the same sort of, well, actually, no, I think it comes a little after, but whenever um, Kyoko goes to make the deal with Monokuma to be like, hey, little kiddo, we're going to, have a little trial here and here's what's going on kind of thing. Um, Here's my quote, my final quote for the season of like, that sums up the case in my opinion. Um, no matter how deeply you bury it, there's only one absolute truth. And I think that that sums it up because one, the absolute truth is ultimate despair. It's not even joyful. Like it's sad, you know, but Junko says the truth isn't always like hopeful. Like, it, sometimes the truth is really hard. And I think that the realities presented in this are really hard, but that was, that's the only path to then pursue hope. Yeah, I like that. And I, I think that it is very true
2: that sometimes, like, the truth is not what you want to hear. You know, it's sometimes the truth contains way more despair than hope.
0: Should we talk about that scene with confronting Monokuma?
2: Let's do it.
0: It's kind of an interesting conversation. We kind of find out there that Monokuma um, and Junko um, in general is really pushed into a corner here. Like, I think this is the scene where we get confirmation that Kyoko was correct about the cornering kind of checkmate situation. Yeah.
2: I agree completely. Yeah, it's it's very much like a checkmate moment. She's finally Kyoko is like, I was right. But then it's funny because after that scene happens, she says to Makoto, she's like, I actually wasn't hundred percent sure if I was right. And I was taking a risk, but Makoto was like, Wait, what? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> I know Sip. I love that. And um, but it's it's funny because he was like, Well, you didn't show any signs of fear and she was like, I couldn't, like it would make it would ruin the plan, you know? And so she just went into it and she was right because she is a star and she is very, very clever. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah.
0: Also, Kyoko decides kind of for everyone that they're redoing this trial. You know, she's like, this is it. We got to redo it. We're going to figure out who did it. That's it, period. Um, And when they go and meet everyone, everyone's kind of like, you didn't even ask us, like, if we're (laughs) okay with this. And she kind of moves on. And something I noticed is that when she... Figures out more about her dad. She says um, when she finds like her notebook. I'm pretty sure is one it is. Let me see. I have the quote here. As usual, he made a selfish decision without consulting anyone else. And I was like, girl, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Like, check your own actions. And like, yeah, it was a little hypocritical. I was like, Keyokes, your dad of... is kind of you. Hun. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this is, I don't know, I mean, this might be a hot take, but like, I feel like playing th- through this game again, I have liked Kyoko less than I remember, which is kind of sad, but yeah, there is just like things like that. But also, this chapter turns it around for me. I think it's like leading up to mm-hmm. this point, I was kind of like, oh, bro, I, this is not the Kyoko, I know what's going on, and then she kind of turns it around at the end, but...
0: All right. Are we ready to move into Makoto reuniting
1: with people? With the squad. Oh my gosh. Yes. With the squad. I literally kind of, I was kind of like uh, Emoshi. Like they were like so excited to see him. Even Biaki yeah. was excited. But in uh, their own ways,
2: they were all excited yeah. to see him. You can I see their personalities could. in that picture.
0: So I put Biaki as quote, sheesh. Into Google Translate, and this is what it said from Biakia to English. Um, I love Makoto only slightly less than I love Toko, and I am incredibly relieved to see him alive. Oh, oh wow. Um, Biakia.
1: Biakya. that's so cool. What kind and of word is <laughs> from Biakia <laughs> to English? <laughs> Biakia just has a whole separate vocabulary.
0: That's correct, yes. <laughs> but yeah. I'm actually obsessed. This whole scene was so good. It it just, it really reminded me of why I think I love this game. Um, I think it's the friendships feel real in this game. And that's not to say in any other games they're not. But here, like, watching them at the end leave, it just felt like it was unbreakable bonds. Like, these people know each other so well. And even if they don't always get along, like, you know, that there is love deep, deep down and they care about each other so much. And it's just hard not to root for them. Even (laughs) Biakuya,
1: You're right. And it makes me like wonder that if I had played the game and had the opportunity to like go through case six, like would I, would I have believed that any of them could be the mastermind because that's that's a reality for a little bit there. Like, they're like, oh, that mastermind has to be one of us. And, like, I don't know who I would have thought it was, but, like, that scene, I feel like, for me, would have been a really big hint that it can't, it couldn't be any of them. Right.
2: You know? Aw, yeah.
1: Because yeah. it's just so
2: wholesome. And, oh, uh,
0: yeah. I also really liked, in the scene, Biakya and Kyoko kind of going back and forth. Like, they... I think for one of the first times, we're really treating each other as intellectuals. Like they were both really respecting what the other had to say. And Kyoko's like, we're doing a trial. And Hina's like, you didn't ask us. And Byaku's like, it's the only way, of course. Like it was very much, they're kind of on a different page now um, with the respect. And I would almost argue trust. I don't know that he trusts her, but maybe a little bit more that's all i really have until the investigation i don't know if you guys
1: same actually cool same, yeah. yeah i mean why don't we just like oh i was just gonna say why don't we just go through like what we find in yeah the let's go
0: maybe room by room just because there's a lot
2: per room yeah we good with that okay yes. so where do we want to start i could start with I, I just say for me personally one of the saddest moments in this entire game i think is finding the morgue in the bio lab because bio that, lab yeah. That moment is when all your hopes that everyone might still be alive just go out the window. It's like, wow, they're all they're all dead.
0: <laughs> right.
2: But yeah. there's also I can't help but I couldn't help but think to myself, how did they put Mondo in one of those? Because he's literally just butter. Like, did they just put like like a, a container of butter into the slot in the? Oh, like, there's no my body goodness. left. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? They're just like investigating. They're searching through all the like drawers and they're like examining the bodies and they pull one out and it's just some <laughs> tub of Mondo butter. <laughs> I cannot
0: believe, I can't believe that didn't even cross my mind. That's so funny. <laughs> or why didn't they see the nine lights and someone was like, oh, well, Mondo butter's probably in the kitchen or
2: something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, so oh, wow. <laughs> that's so funny. You know what yeah. I thought is that I was saying to myself that Junko should have, um, she should have taken the, the body of the chicken that she killed to get the blood and put that in the morgue. And then that would have been an extra body and they wouldn't have, unless they Maybe opened it and saw that there was a chicken, but they might not have thought anything of it. Maybe that's what they
1: put in Mondos. Maybe. But then Although they would have noticed why. a chicken was missing. I don't know. I feel like, yeah. like it could have been figured out if that were the case too. I did actually have the question to ask like, Like, what evidence would we have definitely needed to solve this case? Go ahead, Maddie. The
2: body proportions of Junko and Mukuro. The reason, the only reason I actually was able to figure this case out when I was playing through, even, you know, with the spoiler that, I guess I had an unfair advantage because I knew Junko was the mastermind. So I was trying to figure out how Mukuro and the dead body factored into it from that kind of perspective. So yes, I had an unfair advantage. But what made me, what made it click for me, was that I was going through like just out of curiosity at one point and looking at like, <laughs> this sounds bad, but like looking at all the heights and weights in the report cards of the characters mm. just out of curiosity. Um, and I, I I think I was talking to either one of you guys about this saying like, oh my God, like literally every single female character in Rampa has a BMI of like 14. And like something like that. <laughs> I remember saying that and being like, wow, this is very really unrealistic what like you know every like some people do have that body type and that is fine and like but it's like every female character in Rappa has that body type and I'm like this is not realistic and Junko's I was looking at and like you know she I think it's like I can't remember exactly but she's like my height but like very very light and um and that stood out to me as like a very as like You know, that caught my attention. And so later on, when I think it's Byakuya in the headmaster's office who says, who's looking at Mukuro's file and then reads out Mukuro's like bodily proportions and they match Junko's exactly. And I was like, wait a second, are they twins or something? And then I was like, oh, if they were twins, Mukuro could have been pretending to be Junko. And then ding, 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 light bulb went off. And that's how I figured it out. twins (laughs)
0: for me it was um the pictures the the hint that Monokuma gave everyone um yeah that was a huge like yeah because I I noticed immediately that yeah uh, her face was covered up I was like why do they keep doing that and I was like okay so they don't want us to see her face and then I remembered at the very beginning when um Mukuro was like oh yeah they just touch up my face and edit it um, and that was when I clicked immediately.
1: Yeah. that yeah. I feel like that, that is like so obvious. Like I feel like if Monokuma had just not given them the pictures, that would have just, that issue would have never arisen. But
2: I think Junko slash Monokuma wanted them to figure it out. I really strongly yeah. feel like that was Junko's end goal.
1: I I have that written down. I was like that. She wants the ultimate despair. Like, there is no other way this could have ended other than her being found out because that's what she wanted the whole time. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, we want to hear from you guys and tell us what you think of this chapter and this ending of the game. We're very curious of your thoughts. So leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm. Hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, on Tumblr, And if you're able to support us on Patreon by giving us a small donation monthly, we have a bunch of cool perks on there. We have a lot of cool specialty episodes planned for Patreon this upcoming month, and we're very, very excited to share those with you. We'll be right back after the break.
0: Okay, so let's go back to the investigation. Before we like jump into the trial,
1: <laughs> we're really out here like, Brew! okay, <laughs> let's go to the ending.
0: Right. So for the investigation, um, let's talk about the second floor dorms, because that was incredible to me. My first thought was, how is this building still standing? Because
2: structurally, right. I mean, it's completely torn down. I mean, it's it, like rubble. It looks like it's been bombed. And to me, that is a big um, piece of evidence to suggest, I know this is jumping forward again, but it connects. So like, to me, that was a big piece of evidence to suggest that everything Junko was saying at the end was true. Like, I know that Mm. they said like, oh, but maybe she's lying about the outside world being like an apocalyptic or whatever, blah, blah, blah. To me, I think there are lots of pieces of evidence to suggest, no, she was actually telling the truth. Telling the truth. Yeah. That's one of them. I
0: actually noticed on the wall in the hallway of the second floor dorms, there's an Egyptian eye symbol painted. And like, I had no idea how much Egyptian, like is mythology the right word? I I mean, that feels more like a Greek thing, but Egyptian mythology was scattered throughout this entire game. Like, I wonder what the inspiration was there. Like, Where they came up with that but the Egyptian eye symbols protection royal power and good health and so I can't help but think it's painted in blood is what it looks like I can't help but like imagine someone who's like dying and painting that with like the hopes of finding good health and like it's just very dark very very dark
1: yeah and like wasn't the door to the locker room like a giraffe
0: yeah coming out of a locker (laughs) I was like
1: okay in blood (laughs) you
2: know yeah like just no bizarre idea. combination yeah. of of things okay
0: so then the next room if we want to jump there is the headmaster's private room yeah um
1: yeah I, I so- was, just logistically for a second um so he has yeah. a private room and an office and then a secret office like what <laughs> in this economy I, i'm like <laughs> buddy what because the first time we, w- we got to the headmaster's room, I, like, forgot about the office for, like, a second. I was like, oh, okay, this is his office. Here's his computer. Like, cool. Like, uh, all is well. Then there's the secret room. And makoto literally says, oh, this must be the headmaster's office. I was like, oh, okay, I guess he has, like, another op- office that he can work in um, for some reason. And then we get to the actual headmaster's office, and I was just like, wait, hold on. Wha- <laughs> Why does this man need three desks to do work? This <laughs> is stupid. <laughs>
0: Oh, he's got like a whole gaming setup, three desks, three monitors. Yeah. <laughs> the principal a is podcast. a gamer. <laughs> yeah. There was some interesting stuff in there. The laptop itself in the outer room said that the ultimate despair is a group, not a person, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because I think Makoto and really everyone in the game to that point had been thinking, it's one person we have to be, you know, this is once we get this one person, it's all over, and that's not the case, you know, so I think it kind of makes their goal of getting out and solving this even that much more difficult in the middle of an investigation.
1: Yeah, and and also just not understanding, like, again, like, we obviously learn later, but, like, the reach of, like, what has happened and, We don't know if she's telling the truth at the end, but I don't think it it matters. And that's kind of the beauty of the ending of this game. Like, It doesn't matter what's on the other side because the six of them have banded together and the six of them are going to pave a new road and they're dedicated to doing that and they're going to spread hope. And that is all that matters because I believe them and I believe that they can do that.
2: There's something that I noticed actually on my second playthrough, and this happened I think in chapter three is that there's a moment when Hiro, and this kind of connects back to like me thinking that there is a lot of evidence suggesting that Junko is telling the truth about the outside world. Um, but there's a moment when Hiro was saying that in like chapter three or something, he says that he thought he heard something from outside. And he was like, it sounded like construction noises. And Monokuma um, was like, nah, no construction happening now, but it could have been an explosion or maybe a machine gun. Like those mm-hmm. are popular right now. And at that moment, out of context, you're like, what? Monokuma is just being weird again, like just saying things. But like, no, I mean, he was probably telling the truth. Like if it's a literal war zone out there, I also, part of me thinks that that moment, what Hiro heard might've been the moment when people were trying to come and rescue them. Because Mm -hmm. later on Junko says, oh yeah, at one point people tried to come rescue you. And I basically gunned them all down. I'm like, oh, wow. I think that might have been what Hiro heard. Also,
0: we talk a lot about how one of Monokuma's traits is his honesty. Yeah, There are very few moments when he lies. And when he does lie, it's usually very obvious. Like when they're watching the DVD and he's like, ah, technical error. And he's visibly sweating and runs out of the room. Like that's (laughs) so obvious. Whereas when he's telling the truth, it's like, yeah, the world outside's not looking so good, you know? And so I think we can assume That he's telling the truth, maybe, or that's at least how I took it. It was to assume that that is correct because he's. I don't think it's that he's a bad liar. I just think he doesn't really lie unless there's a purpose to it, and even if he does, it's so obvious. Like, yeah,
2: I agree because I think it kind of connects back to like the truth bringing more despair than the lies, and he's like, I don't need to lie to give them despair. So let's talk about Kyoko's
0: name. Opening the door. That was, it just hurt a little bit. I don't know that there's a ton to say about it. It's just like for her as a character who is trying to come back and like cut all ties with her dad to find out that the thing, like he is protecting his laptop with her name, like that, oh, it just hurts because it's someone trying to cut ties when you realize the other person, that's the last thing they want to do.
2: CRB sobbing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh,
0: that gift box was really weird i didn't like that juxtaposition it actually no. really reminded me um there's a uh, call of duty there's a mini game in it called zombies where zombies try and attack you and you like can go through the game and get new guns and stuff like that and they're in these like big crates like cart or not cardboard um wooden crates and sometimes when you open up the crate instead of giving you a new gun a teddy bear appears and you're like oh a cute teddy bear and then the teddy bear goes like (laughs) bye bye and it's like terrifying (laughs) like the first time it happened I literally gasped it was so bad (laughs) It's like childish laughter and then like a horrible sound. And that is what the gift reminded me of. It was like this cutesy package, like, oh my goodness, a birthday present. And then you open it to find something so horrible. And it's like, oh, wow.
2: There's a lot of like horror, like a lot of horror movies, a lot of horror games, whatever that play off of that idea. They take things that are childish and then they twist them. And and it's like even more disturbing because this is something that's supposed to be innocent yeah, it's it's the juxtaposition makes it that much creepier.
0: Yeah. there's also a couple things that we find in the room. Um, we find the um, pad, the what's it called? the monopad um, monopad. yeah, that can unlock any locker. Um, and then something interesting in the anime um, on the back of the picture frame with Kyoko, the dad her dad had taped. A little like sim card to the back of it and that is the video of all of them accepting to stay there Um, whereas in the game kyoko's just like look i found a video and hands you it and i actually really liked the way that the anime took it Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: it implies that like the principal is still fighting for them and he put something again that is so precious and valuable on the back of Kyoko's picture. Like, I think it's just another reminder of how much he loved her. I mean,
2: it's an assumption, but I think it's a pretty strong one. I think so, too. I don't think anyone can look at that office and the fact that he has that picture in there and that her name is his password. I don't think anyone can look at that and say, oh, no, I don't think he loved her. Absolutely.
0: I mean, I wish he'd gone about the relationship in a better way. Yeah. But... (laughs) I think he did love her. I think he just maybe wasn't the best dad,
1: you know? And I'd like to believe that in those two years that they hopefully formed a very good relationship, even though she doesn't remember it. I hope that that it's happens. It's so Cute. sad,
2: what? though, because are they ever going to get those memories back? Like, probably not. That's so sad.
0: I will say, though, Kyoko says a line in the trial. She says, "Um, I want to make sure I get this right sometimes not knowing something doesn't mean you can't understand anything or something like along those lines. Yeah. It's kind of like she's found peace with that a little bit. Like even though she won't know, she can understand maybe what it's supposed to be. And for someone who looks for truth to say it's okay not to know that is huge.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's true. It's like, she's been able, she's now able to find closure in herself, even though she doesn't have the answers.
1: Yeah, I'm so crying bad. in the club right now. <laughs> we're club. out here like this is oh god this, and we're not we're we're just getting started out here like <laughs> not even good lord. Yeah, I'm gonna do I'm,
0: locker room next. Yeah. Okay, cool. So the locker room, we got the giraffe on the locker, which is weird. I don't know what that's supposed to reference. And then we also find in there, through the use of the principal's um, monopad, the hero's locker, and Kyoko's pocket. You know
1: what? It's e-handbook.
0: E-handbook. You're right. Through the use of the principal's e-handbook, <laughs> we find a hero's locker and Kyoko's pocketbook.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that, you know, I, I think that was a weird moment for me because i think i whenever i watched the anime i I think i thought in that moment like oh like Hiro or kyoko are probably like the bad guys behind this because they have you know interesting hmm
0: huh i want to talk about kyoko's pocketbook
1: Um, oh yeah what's inside
0: yeah um I mean, we have the thing about the, as usual, he made a selfish decision, Um, but then it also says at the end, despair walks among us, and so we survive. There's a second despair, and kind of jumping forward, we find out that the second despair is Junko in this in the school you know gonna make them do this but this pocketbook was written before the killing games began and i think that that is just incredible that Kyoko was aware that there was a second wave coming and she didn't know who but she knew enough to be like this isn't it despair is somewhere in us and like there there's a second thing coming that's incredible the fact that she has that gut intuition
2: Yeah, or I wonder how she figured that out. Yeah.
1: I mean, and maybe that's why, like, maybe if Kyoko hadn't been there, maybe they wouldn't have needed to wipe their memories. Or, I don't know, like, I mean, I think that it was smart that she did that objectively. But, like, yeah, I don't know.
0: All right, we ready to move to the data
1: center? Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. When, if I could just say one thing this I was screaming at this moment when you are in the Monokuma control room and it won't let you look under the hatch like every time you try to click it Hina's like let's go and I'm like literally Junko Enoshima is under there right now (laughs) and then you leave and the door locks and Monokuma comes out and is like you missed me did you look under the hatch and I was like I tried to I know we had the same reaction Maddie I literally was so mad because I
0: clicked on it like four times I was like no I'm looking under this hatch
1: I um I didn't even look under the hatch you know I was like let's get out and I was like okay and I left I didn't even like check it Anyway, I, I already knew what was going on. as sad. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, from that room, we just kind of confirmed that the mastermind can't be Monokuma and themselves at the same time.
1: Yeah. So, Which kind of eliminates the opportunity for it to be literally any of the six of them. Any of them. Yeah. Literally.
0: Yeah. Unless it was like yeah. Toko
1: and Byakuya working together, and that's why they were always like... Yeah, but even that,
0: Monokuma is in the room while Toko and Byakuya are in the room together. Like, True.
2: And it, like during all of the trials, yeah. when all of them are together in the room with Monokuma during yeah. every
1: trial, it's like, yeah. This is true. All right.
0: So then we have the headmaster's room, not his private room or his private, private room, but his room. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So we got Biakia in there, a king.
1: Your beauty is beautiful. looking at the maps of where to go next and i was like oh, is in this one <laughs> I was like Yay. Runs. <laughs> and yeah and we find out about mukuro we get her little thing and then Biakia is just incredibly attentive to her measurements
2: you know um right so, he made the connection maybe about junko and mukuro
1: i don't think he did i think that was him like um like, thinking that that wasn't actually Muguro who died. I, I think it was the opposite. But we'll never really know. But I just could yeah. totally see him being like, this is the right answer.
0: I also mm-hmm. agree with Caroline because in the trial, he is shook the entire time. He's oh, pulling sick. a, my, Makoto's getting things right the entire trial. That's like, true. That's yeah.
1: very true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic. Okay. And then the
0: only other thing I have in there is that he says right before we leave, he's like, don't put too much faith in her, referring to Kyoko. And I'm like, isn't it like a little late for that? (laughs) Like, Byakuya, I love you, but we're in the final trial. I have just literally decided to sacrifice myself for this woman and luckily the execution didn't work out but I have put complete and total faith in her and you're telling me now <laughs> yeah like buddy like at this point my
1: faith is unwavering so <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And then we got right. um DVD time.
0: I have the dojo too. Oh. The dojo and outside.
1: I didn't um. Uh, well, the outside part, the outside part, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, is the tarp, but the dojo, I don't, it was just weird. I don't yeah. have a lot of notes there. It was literally a scene
0: where you meet with Toko and she's like, wow, I've done nothing to help. And you're like, okay.
1: And then you leave. And it's like, <laughs> I know. Was, I was like, well, why? <laughs> they were like, Toko needs to have some more lines in this. Apparently. <laughs>
0: My goodness, yeah. And then outside I just have that we find the biolab stamp on the trap.
1: Wait, or you tar- know why you know why I mean, on the on
0: It's the a fire. trap.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. Wait, <laughs> I was gonna say that the reason why we had that conversation with Toko, you know why? I know exactly why. It's because yes, she's been saying she's not a help this whole time, but in the end, Genocide Jack is the one who figures out that everything is real, you know? hmm Yeah, yes. she confirms it. And I had a note about
2: that. Like, Genocide Jack has been here this whole time, like, in this killing game, and just knows, remembers everything, and knows what's going on, and never says anything about it. I love her even more for that, though. (laughs)
0: What a queen. Like, like she's just chilling. She's like, ah, yeah, the tragedy. This is pretty normal. Plus, I kill people on the side, so I'm not that shocked. And then, like, everyone's freaking out, and she's like, well, I could help, but... (laughs) she will just chase after this man (laughs) (laughs) oh queen okay up next I have the hint that he gives people in the gym
1: literally why did anyone fall for that I know right but also like it was helpful too like you said with like the literally it being so obvious that Junko's face is covered in every picture yeah I don't know why they couldn't have just like had some other people with their heads facing away you know, like, why Why was everyone in the, all the pictures facing forward or in a place where they could be visibly seen? And Junko is literally the only one who's like turning her head <laughs> away. Like, wh- yeah.
0: wh- what? I mean, it kind of goes back to what Maddie said. Like, he, they want yeah. the kids to figure it out. Like, That's but true. yes, I agree.
1: <laughs> it's and like, it's well, now silly. I know. <laughs>
0: anyway. Yeah um when makoto gets the hint um he's like mumbling to himself about it like he's like what does this mean does this mean everyone's against me what on earth is going on and monokuma's like how long are you going to keep rambling that soliloquy hamlet and i just think it's perfect it's so funny because makoto is hamlet like all of the times he just kind of sits and says all of these things that he thinks are like really deep and they're just kind of like surface level deep and it's like oh Hamlet if you listeners have not read it that man speaks for 10 years about literally not very much so yeah I don't know not to insult any Shakespeare fans out there but most of what he says could be really pared down
1: so I hear what you're saying, right, about him kind of like monologuing, and it's not very deep. But also, Hamlet is literally in despair the entire play. And so, in a way, I feel like he is anti-Hamlet. He he, instead of like taking this sorrow of like something really terrible happening and like and killing someone, which is literally what Hamlet does in the play. Spoilers! Ham- spoilers! Hamlet spoilers <laughs> for a play that is literally hundreds of years old. Um, Hamlet spoilers he everyone dies that is the thing with hamlet like everyone is like, anyway. spoilers
2: you gotta go back to the beginning and do like this will spoil hamlet, by hamlet. William shakespeare <laughs> <laughs> i like it I will, yeah we'll do that as well as dong and rob
1: <laughs> no just i'm, I'm sorry just caroline continue. just hamlet <laughs> but like yeah i don't know i feel like he says that but it's like or Manakuma says that and it I don't know it's not correct in a lot of ways either like he does not he yeah. takes the despair and handles it in a totally different way than Hamlet does completely there is almost no comparison
0: I love that description that yes literary girl right there <laughs> like wow yeah
1: our uh, our high school English teacher would be super proud of me right now
0: she would I hope she hears this
1: right, I'll, I'll send her this clip Please so she can- <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: that's so good But yeah, that's
1: pretty much all I had
0: from the hint, at least for now. Then we go back to the bio lab um, and find Toko asleep on the floor um, or fainted on the floor.
1: Sleep. She's taking a nap. (laughs) Taking a seat.
0: She's like, "Uh, I don't do much to help these investigations. So I'll just take a quick nap here.
1: (laughs) In the middle of this freezing room.
0: Yeah. Um, But this is when we find out about the wounds on Mukuro's body, the stab wounds, um, and Kiyoko confirms that they were done after death, which I have some fun facts about.
2: Nurse Marin! Nurse Marin! Nurse Marin!
0: Marin. So I took a forensic nursing class, and um, I also took criminal, uh, criminalistics. So it's really interesting. I highly suggest you take those classes if you're interested. But after a body dies, it goes through three really big things, and it's called rigor mortis, liver mortis, and algor mortis. Um, and rigor mortis is like a pretty commonly known one. It's where the body stiffens after death. Um, but what I wanted to talk about was liver mortis, which is the where the blood flows after death um, and after you die. um actually, I'm going to do a little warning. This is a little graphic. So like, if you're not into this stuff, maybe skip ahead a little bit. But when you die, blood begins to follow the path of gravity. And so it sinks to the lowest part of your body, which then if you turn a dead person over, there's a huge kind of purple, purple purpley blue color on the back of them, very like all over. Um, and so if she had been stabbed after death, there wouldn't be blood coming out of the wounds. And so there's no bruising, nothing like coming out of the wound. it look more like, you know, fat, bone, that kind of stuff. And so it, it is actually possible, very possible to tell when wounds were done in terms of time of death, just based on how the body reacts after death, which is really cool, I thought. Um, so, yeah algor mortis is the temperature of the body after death and so that's kind of the calculation you can do of what's the body's current temperature to when did it die and the longer the time goes the less likely you are to get an accurate um time yeah, yeah.
2: fun fact wow. solid brother
1: yeah yeah a
2: good one. <laughs> and kyoko probably knows those things and was able to look at the body and be like yeah this stab wound was not what killed this person?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So
0: the for only sure. other thing I had there was that Makoto puts away Mukuro's body when he's done looking at it. That was really cute.
1: I know, and, and Kyoko was like, "Why are you putting the body away? Like karma, sir." And he's like, "No, we need to respect everyone." And like, so I cute. mean, it's cute. It's it's a little cute. I'll give it to him.
2: Yay!
0: Yeah. I'll give him a win. <laughs> One win. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it's kind of interesting because it brings up the question, why Why does it bother us when bad people die? You know, that urge he has to still respect her body, even though, I mean, at this point he's suspecting that she has done something horrible, you know, but he still feels the need to respect her body. And I, I just think it's, I don't know, a testament to how important life is you know, and like, even if it's a bad life, it's valuable. But yeah, I just think it's
1: interesting. You know, also part of it is, you know, debatably, like when we die, our soul leaves our our body, our, our consciousness is no longer, and it's just our physical form and like the shell of who we were. And I almost feel like that, like, in a way, the thinking is, well, this body couldn't have helped who is inside it. And so I need to like, care for this like this person because even though they might be evil like somebody cared about this body even if i don't agree with like the soul that was inhabiting it also like she had a pretty terrible death and at this point i don't know if we know but like he might suspect she was betrayed
0: yeah i mean i think he even says like even if she was a bad person she's a victim here it's i'm pretty sure the quote that he says and that's true I mean in a way
2: if you look back at chapter one the moment of Mukuro's death her last words are this wasn't supposed to dot 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 why me and it's like kind of sad because in hindsight those words make a lot more sense I think in the beginning it's intended to be taken as like oh why me why is Manakuma choosing to kill me like I didn't murder anyone blah 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 but in hindsight it's like it's Mukuro saying Junko I'm your sister like why why did you betray me and it's like Kind et of t- heartbreaking. Brutus.
0: What's that? I said, "Et tu, Brutus?"
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> et tu, brute Literally, that's like that—that that moment almost, yeah. and and other um connections to Caesar is that she gets stabbed with like a million spears at once. <laughs> yeah, literally, Mucro I know. is
1: and also like if you look at like mukuro and her relationship like when junko is revealed sorry <laughs> um spoiler alert we're jumping ahead um when <laughs> when mukuro and junko like are revealed to be the ultimate despair together um junko describes mukuro as like the older sister who is strong and like was in the military and like you know like more powerful and then she's like the cute like younger sister who's smart she like gives herself some credit but like it could right. That, like, there could have been something deeper going on there with the two of them. Like, she was, like, jealous that, you know, you know, Muguru had gone off and worked with Fenrir and and done that whole thing. And she was just alone. And, like, and so I feel like this is almost like her revenge. Like, I I think this, like, betraying her sister, playing from the beginning. I I don't.
0: There are a lot of parallels to Caesar, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) I'm just realizing that.
2: That's really cool. Yeah. I just, I just thought of them now. I was like, wait, you know who else was stabbed like a million billion times? <laughs> Caesar. Caesar salad. And the betrayal of them. Caesar salad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. So, for part one for um, our Bedwood Behead lineup, we have Byakuya, Kyoko, and Makoto. It's
1: a pretty easy one for me. So, I'll, go, I'll go first. Um, I would behead Makoto. No surprise there. <laughs> um, I would bed. Hmm. Actually, okay. This is kind of tough because Kyoko and Biakia share a lot of traits, but I would still bed Kyoko Wed Biakya. because Biakia. I, I don't know. I, I just kind of want to unpack that. I want to make them a little softy, you know? <laughs> I think I have the same answers.
0: I think I would be head Makoto. You said bed Kyoko. Yeah. And wed Biakuya,
2: yeah. I think that's what I'd pick. Yeah. I think I would, oh, poor Makoto, we've all chosen to be. I would be head <laughs> Makoto. I think I would bed Biakuya and wed Kyoko. Because as you guys know, I love Kyoko. I love her so much. I don't know if a marriage between us would work out. But you know, I love her. <laughs> I just don't in a lot of ways. I mean, I know I've said in the past, like, oh yeah, I would wed Byakuya because he's rich. Like, that'd be nice. But between Byakuya and Kyoko, I can see myself getting along with Kyoko better than Byakuya. I
1: agree with that that sentiment. sentiment. All right, everybody, that's it for this episode. We just had so much to talk about with Chapter 6 that we're having to split it into two episodes. So tune in next week for 6.2, where we talk about our thoughts more specifically about the end of the game. Check out our Patreon. Link is below if you're able to give us a small donation monthly. We have a lot of cool perks, including Literary Book Club with yours truly. We also have a Facebook, have a Twitter. We're active on there all the time, so make sure you check that out. And we can't wait to see you next week. Bye.